Sporting Goss on a Wednesday, 12.2 degrees. Uh, it's a little wet, so be careful out on those roads. And one man has just walked in complaining that it's really cold. Mm. It's Dean Marquette. Very cold. Where's your beanie? I've got to get one. We actually have to wear the MND beanies onto the ground on uh, Saturday. Am Fantastic. I going? So looking forward to that. And I just spoke to Chris and he said this is the biggest ratings time now, 11 yep. to 11.30 on yep. Wednesdays with Dean and Goss. Yep. I this like is, that. This is what we call the hating half hour. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, mate, dream time. Um, have you done a dream time game before in Melbourne? I haven't. Okay. How was that experience here? It was a special experience. I changed it to Dean time. Is that appropriate? Or not really? Okay. No, it was a really good. <laughs> is my comedy working, Chris? No. Not? No, it's not. Last no, thing you need to do is, is throw bad jokes. Okay, that wasn't good. Um, it was a great experience. I mean, 55,000 packed up the Optus. Um, and it was different because it wasn't the usual same old West Coast supporters in the same seats at the same time, mm. like, or Frio vice versa. Mm. So to have such a, you know, two powerful Victorian clubs with obviously a significant supporter base in WA to be there, obviously with all the Indigenous stuff, Whitmore was just, yeah, the lights, the colour, the action. I mean, just to be standing there was a privilege to be a part of it. You've, and you do those impartial games, so to speak, all the time on the East Coast, uh, especially those Melbourne games, the mm. big teams. So did it, did it have a bit of a Melbourne feel about it? Yeah, it did. Um, still some people reminded me I was still not a great umpire, which was good, but not as to the, the level that I normally get from our local team. So, But it was just nice to see, I guess, different faces in the crowd because when you walk on the same place, you see similar faces. They give you the same stuff when you come off the field. So it was good to see a different range of football follower, which I thought was great. I mean, my young stepdaughter who sort of barracks for different teams when they win, all of a sudden <laughs> want to go and buy a Richmond jumper. So if that's a good thing for the game, where you've got young kids going and buying different colours of different teams, that's a good thing, I reckon. Dean Margetz is in the studio. If you have a question for Dean, 0487 736 736 <clears throat> or 131255, how do you think you umpired on Saturday night? Decisionally pretty well. I had a couple of little skill errors, um, maybe a little drifting bounce and a couple of my movement patterns uh, weren't as sharp as they could have been. But overall, decisionally, my feedback was pretty positive. I think I had two missed uh, free kicks and, and those two would be one that most footy people wouldn't even notice, just the way our turnal assessment goes. So overall, pretty positive. How do you think you're umpiring in the last month? Uh, probably better than my first month. I mean, coming back from that injury, yep. I, it took me a while to find my feet again. I yep. mean, not having a, um, a proper pre-season. So I certainly understand what players say when they, they miss a chunk of pre-season. I was sort of rehabbing, coming back from my stress fracture and um, doing some waffle games is different to AFL. So getting back to the speed. So I think my last three or four weeks have been probably my better. G'day, Goss. Uh, could you ask Dean's take on his insufficient intent call the other week on Cam Zerha from North Melbourne, Mike of Woodlands? Mike, I've moved on from that, but since you brought it up, no, it wasn't a great free kick, <laughs> I need to be honest. But just to put some context on that, so when that was kicked across the face of goal, I was the umpire almost behind Cam, and sometimes we rely on some communication feedback from our fellow umpires, and the mid-zone umpire sort of says to me, yeah, I think we should pay it, pay it. Now, ultimately, I'm responsible to make the decision. Um, I went on the feedback, paid it. it. Clearly, it was incorrect. We went through the coaching, and it was a mistake. So um, we don't sit here and put our hand up and say it was right when it's wrong. So yeah, to Mike's question, um, yeah, we got that one wrong, Mike, so you're right. Good stuff, and uh, that's the other thing. I mean, not and we appreciate you coming in. I know Razor Ray Chamberlain does a segment with Jared Waitley, I think, with yes. Jared uh, right. in Melbourne on SEN. I think it was just – I know he does SEN. I was unsure which uh, slot it was, but definitely Jared. Um, and the admission of mistakes when people you don't get many people ring up saying that was a good umpiring decision no but the person the first person to do that i'm going to give him a signed indigenous <laughs> shirt how's that hey why not okay so the first person that says something really positive to you dean i think i'm going to go dear whoever that is signed shirt indigenous that i wore on the weekend cleaned of course how's that did you work up a sweat 
Yeah, significant. I changed at half time. We've got yeah. two shirts, yeah. Two shirts. Mm. Uh, Dean, appreciate your time. This is Mike from Palmyra. It's a very it's big Mike it's day. It's a Mike day. Uh, as a Frio supporter, I didn't like the look of Nathan Wilson's groin hit, which he does. He did cop a, a week suspension. Now, you didn't do this game. Nope. Uh, this is the second week in a row. Mills from Sydney the week before. Uh, question probably not where you can answer it, but do you think he should have been given a second week and made an example of by the AFL? It's just not a good look for the game. Uh, I don't get involved in MRP. That's yep. Chris's job, so yep. not for me to talk about players' suspensions. But certainly, I mean, the vision says a fair bit, doesn't it? I mean, I think there's. I think I heard Dermot Brereton on Fox the other night saying it's the sort of the unwritten rule about players. That's an area you don't go and get involved in. And I think, I guess, from the brand of the player, it probably looks better, worse for them than anybody else. Yeah. So, and he would probably regret that now in hindsight. I think I'm they sure. do, and it's, I don't think. I think it's just that spur of the moment decision. Mm. It's a, the fierce nature of the battle that is. You lash mm. out, and yeah. it doesn't. I, I think we heard some audio in my game on the dream time when Nick Vlosson, you know, reminded a player maybe he wasn't sort of doing the right thing and yeah. it comes through on my umpire's mic. So, again, it's, it sticks with the player who says that. They've got to live with that and work through it and things are said in the heat of battle. Umpires wearing microphones, that seems to come up. A lot of people say, get rid of it. I think it would be very barren listening to the game without it. I think there's a, a time and a place. Mm. You, you, as an umpiring fraternity, can you speak on behalf of the umpiring fraternity comfortable wearing them? I think we are, yeah. I like, a bit like you now. I think if we watch TV without it, we'd be like, what's the free kick for? I mean, I there was a free kick I paid against Dustin Martin on the weekend for a swinging arm to the, the chest of yeah. um, Darcy Parrish. Yeah. Um, so sometimes you've got to, ex- you wouldn't see it on the vision. So I sort of have to explain it, not just for the people on the field, but sometimes for the stakeholders at home. Um, Jeff Dalgleish played a free kick off the ball um, uh, behind me. So we just try and articulate what's being said. So free kick, out of zone umpires paid it to high tackle. And everyone goes, okay, we get it. So I think the education piece is a really important part of the microphone system that we use. My Mike from Palmyra says, hi, Dean, great job on the weekend. Oh, we've no, got no, he's, he's, no, that's not. He wants to share, but I think we can get better than that, surely. Do you reckon? He's got his hat in the ring. He's in the, you're in the mix, Mike. You're in the mix. On, it's Mike. I'm behind the mic. I'm going to make the call. <laughs> if anyone would like to ask Dean, Mar gets a question. 0487736736. Or better still, give us a call, 131255. Uh, I stand corrected on this. Did you watch the Bulldogs Fremantle game? Yes, I did. Um, I think from that uh, 50-metre penalty against Nathan Wilson for that lash out, uh, Ray Chamberlain, good umpire, I like Ray, a lot, mm-hmm. took the player from the 45-metre area where the free kick was to the middle of the goal square. He yep. came up a bit shy in the 50 metres. Now, he obviously clearly didn't know where the 50-metre line was watching the incident. Mm-hmm. And, and, yep. and, look, he didn't measure it outright. There's no – it's all there for everyone to see. Do, are the umpires in consultation about – Go back, keep going, mate, keep going for the 50 metres to measure that out because you're dealing with a player coming back, get out of the zone, you're dealing with the Mm – often the 50 metres is where it's a little bit of emotional time. So who's helping you measure 50? Uh, Generally, um, your fellow umpires will probably have an idea where that's happened. I had one on the weekend too with, um, uh, I think, Dan Johansson, paper, and I sort of said, hey, 10 more metres further back so we try and get as close to 50 as we can. I guess when it's around that 50 metre line, the landscape of the ground should help us. Obviously, 50 is 50. The the centre square, Tim, is how big? 50. 50. So the the length of the goal square, Tim, is how long? Ten. Nine metres. Nine. I was going to say nine. I was going to say from, nine. From but point it, post to point post. So when you say point Yeah, point. all right. So, so what do you say? So what do you say? So so the square is nine. How far does the bloke now on the mark have to come back? Fifteen metres. So, so it's 24 metres. From the goal line. He's got so from the goal line. So that player with the ball. So when the player steps out of the square, it's play on yep. and a stat. Yep. If he kicks it from inside the square, it's not a stat. Correct. So if he steps outside the square yes. and kicks the ball and it doesn't touch another player and it rolls out of bounds, is that 
out of bounds on the four and come back, or is that now? No, that rule's been changed now. So, so but but if he kicks it from inside the square and it goes out, yep. so they see these are things yeah, that people don't know. Little nuances. I could I could spend nine hours here going for the law book and it would do your head in, but the education that we wow. could share, it's a lot of stuff that. Goes okay, on. so I'm going to slow that down for our for our for our listeners right now. Center square, uh, so the goal square is nine meters. So nine, it, nine meters long. Nine meters long yes. and seven wide. 6.4. So from point post to goal post, goal post to goal post, goal post to point post is 6.4. So it's 19.2 metres from point post to point post. So when a player kicks from point post to goal post, it should be play on not 15. So they're all cues and indicators gotcha. of the landscape of our ground. So just clarifying this. So this is what I want. This is what this education, this is what this umpiring education is. And it's for me as much as it is for the listeners. So if I am in the goal square, and I'm the fullback, and I kick the ball from inside. My planted foot is inside, and I kick it, and it goes out of bounds without being touched. That is now out of bounds on the full and comes back in, Correct. courtesy of a kick for the opposition. Right. But if I step outside the square and you call play on, and I kick it, and it still goes out without anyone touching it, it's a boundary throw in. Correct. Unless we deem it to be a deliberate act, which is unlikely from such a kick. What is the call now on deliberate? It's not deliberate. It's lack of intent. It's it? insufficient intent. Mike from Woodlands got it right with him. Had a crack at my insufficient intent error. So is it insufficient intent from the kicker to keep the ball in? Yes. Or it doesn't have to be a kicker. You could knock it out. You can handball it over. You can knee it over. And you can, you know, it's, there's there's many varied ways of being paid an insufficient intent for a kick. Anyone who's texting us, and let me tell you, it's good. And it's great that you're giving us access. Thank and you. I think a lot of people mm. should uh, be grateful for that. And that's what this segment is about. Now, some of it is not, uh, well, no, it's not abusive. It's I think there's a bit of schmarminess going on. But <laughs> Goss, can you please ask Dean, his free kick differential is 240 plus in favour of West Coast and the only team he has a positive differential home and away. Um, I think they've thrown the numbers up. I wouldn't have any idea about okay. those numbers. Right. We're assessed on our games week to week, and our coaches don't go, oh, by the way, Dan, did you know that you've paid 19 more for East Eston? It's just not a thing we get, in, we get caught up in. We're, okay. we're kick by kick. Dean, please pay holding the ball this week. How that rule went missing for the 120 minutes on Saturday night is still a mystery. Please reward the tackler, as it's a lot harder to tackle than it is to get caught. Frank from Yanjibup. Well, Frank, um, there's about 19 different cues for holding the ball. The perfect tackle doesn't mean it's a free kick. Yeah. If I haven't had prior opportunity, I get tackled. All I have to do is make a genuine attempt to handball or kick. And if I miss that, it's play on. Okay. Okay. I've got the footy. Yes. And Chris Clafunas tackles me. Yep. He swings me around in a 360. I go around quickly. Yep. I go to kick it. My The ball does not hit my boot. And he's tackled me basically when I've come in possession of the footy. Yep. Cool. We would say play on. Wow. No prior opportunity. We must then see a genuine attempt to dispose. If we see that, it'll be play on. So the, the rule is, have you had reasonable time? If we deem the 360 to be reasonable time, which I don't think it is. Wasn't there a 720 the other night? Didn't there someone was a go around twice? Yeah, it, it, but it happens really quickly though. Um, again, you, it's it's an interpretational decision, but my concern is, and I heard a lot of um, social media on after the dream time, we might have got a couple of decisions incorrect, but it's generally the way people want it umpired, not the way umpires are instructed to umpire. And as I say, there are so many cues. 
prior opportunity, illegal disposal, uh, have you dived on the ball, is the sure. tackle legal? And this is all happening in a split second. So it's very easy in your, in your comfy chair at home to go, oh, that's, a, that's a poor decision. But I'd love to take people on a little two-minute tour of an AFL game just to get an idea yep. of this. And I'm not making excuses for errors. I'm not. But it is a lot more difficult than what people may think. Now, you oh. go to many games very, every week. You'll still text me during the week going, what's this free kick? What's yep. that for? So even as a footy head like you, there's still stuff you don't know. So oh, I'm, I'm probably speaking on behalf of a lot of the public who probably don't know either, and that's okay. But don't criticise the umpire because we're educated and you know that we're we're paid to get it right, we're yep. paid to know. Um, okay, so then there's this, and it looks as though the Fremantle fans who who on social media, no disrespect to them, and this is not for you to buy into, but it's just for me to buy in. The Freo fans who say they don't listen to the show are clearly listening to the show today because they're all texting in. How does the noise of affirmation only work for the Eagles, and why is it that when you and Del Gleish, which I think they're meaning Jeff. Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Yeah. No, stand. stand. Love to stand. <laughs> Umpire in a derby at Frio. I've never won the free kick count. Anyway. Free kick counts. What, what does it mean? If it's 40 free kicks to 10, if they're correct and we pay them. I mean, yeah. it's not something that we ever discuss as a as a team. We so don't... this is why a lot of people think, this, and I'll give you my view. So at halftime, the free kick count is, in fact, I think I was in the Dreamtime game at one stage 20 to 6 or something. I can't mm. remember. And, and I heard people messaging and saying, going, oh, look, Richmond have only, uh, Essendon have only got six free kicks and Richmond have got 20. You go down into the rooms at halftime and the umpire coach or whoever comes down, are you... You're not made aware never, of it. You're not looking ne- at the board to see. Never mentioned, never discussed. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Occasionally, if it flashes up on the scoreboard, you see it. But it d- does it affect our processing or does it, it just doesn't? I mean, put my umpiring boss hat on from the waffle umpires. I get that from clubs. You know, it was 31 to 17 or 20. It doesn't matter. It could be 40 to 5 if mm. they're warranted or they're correct. Um, we're just assessing correct, Mr. Unwarranted. That's all we worry about. Now, sometimes absolutely we make mistakes, but it's not a conscious effort to level up the count because that's not how it works. If you don't kick the ball, as this text says, is that not incorrect disposal? As I said before, have you had prior opportunity? No, you haven't. Okay. All you have to do is make a genuine attempt. If it misses your boot, it's playing. If I've had prior opportunity, different story. Okay. So the no prior prior op is completely different. It's good. I'm I'm enjoying it. Have you, are you enjoying it? I love it. Okay. All righty. Um, uh, Tim of Applecross, hi, Dean. Has uh, incorrect disposal as a rule been abolished or changed in any way? Again, it's a very it's a very broad statement that, again, you, you you can't throw the ball, obviously. It must be illegal disposal is handball off a flat hand, clenched fist, and it kicks, obviously, anything below the knee. But as I say again, it's the prior up or no prop which comes into it. Mm-hmm. If I've picked up the ball and I've had a bounce and I get tackled, and if I get even a little toe to it, that's the, that's deemed illegal disposal. Now, to the people in the back row at Optus, they're going, that's holding the ball, but he's still actually physically kicked the ball. If it misses my boot... Hundred percent, it's 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 holding the ball. But what people forget is a little a little little clenched fister is actually a legal disposal. And we can't pay a free kick for that. And how how good are you at seeing whether a, a tackler is knocking the ball out of possession of a player? And uh, do, and do, is that that that's. That just happens. It's it just, happens. Yeah. I mean, I had a passage of play on the weekend where there was so much happening. Play picks up the ball, doesn't even get tackled. It gets knocked out, so there's no legal tackle. So it has to be play on. Jack Rewatt takes two steps, tackled, goes to kick it, no kick, no prior, general intent play on. So there's lots happening. People might be saying, there's three holding the balls. But you know, by our coaching and our direction, they're actually good play on calls. And some of the best calls we make, Tim, are the ones we don't pay. The non-decisions. There's a lot of those in a game. Yeah, there? absolutely. Yeah, there's probably more non-decisions than there is decisions. And we have sometimes over 2,000 transactions in the game from free kick, no free kick, uh, 
hold, stand, all this stuff that happens. There's a lot happening in a game of 33 minutes. Stay with us, team. We've got plenty more to talk to. It is 18 after 11. Dean Margetz is here, and he's answering your questions, and we have not vetted any of those questions. They all, as they've been written on our screen, we are delivering. So this is access to an AFL umpire, whether you love him or dislike him. He's here to answer your calls, and he hasn't backed down on one. 0487736736, or better still, give us a call, 131255. Dean Margetz, AFL umpire, is going to join us every couple of weeks in the studio. This is the Sporting Goss. Simon Miller joins us after the 11.30 news. He's got five runners racing at Belmont today just across the road. He's one of the best trainers in the business and he might have a winner for us. Get your pen and paper and remember, always gamble responsibly. Dean Margetz is in the studio leading AFL umpire. How many games? Uh, 3.70 this week. Wow. On the back of, obviously, Simon Meredith doing his 400th yeah. on the weekend. Good friend of mine and seventh highest games of all time in VFL AFL history. Yeah. Now, I just need to clarify something that I said and I want to get it clarified. So if I kick the ball in, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to go over it. No, I just okay. need to walk out of the studio and feeling good about we myself. We want clarity. When I kick the ball out of the centre square, I didn't explain this. When, yep. I, when I kick the ball out of the goal square and it goes out of bounds now or whether I step outside the square, there's no free kick out the four is no, there. That's can, what I was that's asking. That's right. It's, okay. It can only be a free kick if Sorry. we deem it to be insufficient attempt. Okay. And a big shout out to Cam Douglas, our waffle umpiring head field coach. He's always on the ball. Always on the ball. On you, Camo. Brad from Bunbury, 657 uh, SEN track, of course, SENWA, or maybe down on SEN Spirit, uh, 621. Brad, appreciate your time. Dean is listening to you. Thanks for your call. No problem. I would just like clarification on what you class as prior opportunity, as in a fend-off evading a tackle or breaking a tackle and then being tackled again mm. because they seem to get the same time to get rid of the ball even after attempting a fend-off, which I would see as prior opportunity, you get tackled, then you're gone. That's actually right. How does that work? Yeah, you're absolutely right. If you choose to fend off, you, what we're saying is you've had an opportunity to either handball or kick it. You've chosen to fend off, so that would be your prior. So in a perfect world, that would be a free kick. Um, in normal sort of general play, we like to sort of say is the player balanced and steady, which is generally two to three steps. One, two, three, you've had a chance to kick or handball. That would be obviously legal tackle, would be holding the ball. So um, is it Brad from Bunbury? Yeah. So Brad, you're right. Um, the fend off or the yep. evade, if you choose to evade, you choose to fend. That is actually a prior opportunity. A free kick should be paid. Now you've got to, the balance is sometimes when a player comes at you, you put your arm out to brace. I mean, it's a human instinct to brace for impact. So we've got to determine, is that a, a fend off or is that someone just protecting themselves? And that's where making these decisions in the split second can be difficult. Interpretation. Uh, well, I guess so, but we're all coached the same. But understanding yeah. also that we have umpires yeah. who have done 500 games and umpires have done 16. So we are learning at, the, at different speeds and different um, capabilities, but ultimately the coaching message is the same and it's clear. No worries. Sort of clears it. <laughs> Hopefully, but no, you're on the right. You're on the right mark with what you're saying, though, Brad. Yeah. And I that's... still think that the prior the prior opportunity when a fend off, they seem to get the same amount of time. It's not like a tackle. They get to fend off, then get tackled. Rather than if they just got tackled, they get an extra second. Mm. And at their level, it's a fairly good time. It's nearly another. 180 or a 360 rotation. Yeah, the but just yeah, but just understand also that we still need to yeah. see a legal disposal as well. If they get a handball away, um, it's it's play on, and that's guess where it gets a bit challenging and, and the bounce can be skewed. Good on you, Brad. It's a good call. Well done, mate. Thank you for calling us, and I hope everything is a downtown uh, down okay in my hometown, of course, in Bunbury Town. Uh, caller, um, no name on this, but it says Dean, I would love to wear your green shirt, and I would never wash it. You are the best. Wow. Wow. That she, who is that? Can what, we, what no, doesn't say no she names? No, no names? Well, I think that's the shirt winner just about, isn't it, on I, that? I think so. Is it Valentine's Day soon or not even close? I don't know. Someone's <laughs> birthday. It was your birthday last week. It was. 
How old do you think I am? Oh, I know how old you are. Mm. How old do you reckon people think I am? Probably 50, uh, 60. <laughs> 62, 63. <laughs> Don't say that. Go I on. know. My I skin's know. not that bad. I surely. know. 47? It, it is. I'm 47. Okay. I'm the oldest umpire now. I'm the oldest AFL umpire. But see, isn't it funny? When I grew up with waffle umpiring, that's all that was. There was no AFL. So the umpires in my day mm. were Ross Capes, yep. Ron Powell. Ron Bucky. Ron Bucky. Um, Phil O'Reilly, yep. David Rowe, Mike Ball. Mike Ball. Uh, I just remember those umpires. Peter Frusher was running the boundary yeah. line. David Johnson. Yeah, David yeah. Johnson, Jono, yeah. Peter Repper. Yes. Greg Scroop. Yes. Scroopy was the actual boss of umpiring when I did my only ever Colts he game. He was my co- He was the, probably the, the person who got me to where I got to. He was a very big influence on my career. Yeah, good man. Anyway, so, but it's interesting that when I grew up, I looked at Ross Capes and I thought Ross Capes was 50 back then, but he was probably only 30. Yeah, exactly. He was around for a long time. And Ross Capes, for those who may remember, a trip down memory lane, used to bounce the ball long ways. Long ways. Unique. Did eight Waffle Grand Finals. Great umpire. Always regarded as one of the greatest of all time. I don't think he's aged at all. I still see him around. He's in good nick, Ross. He's in fantastic nick. Hey, thanks for coming in. My pleasure. Really good. Mm. We're going to do that every couple of weeks. And thank you for everyone who messaged. And we understand it's a passionate industry. We understand that umpires, you are the necessary evil, so to speak. You do a great job. You're a good friend of mine, always have been a good friend of mine. Um, And the good news is we'll get you to see you in action this week because you're doing Fremantle Gold Coast. Looking forward to it. Obviously, injuries ravage Dockers, but obviously with potentially Matt Rowe coming back. So 215 bounce down on hopefully a fine and sunny deck at Optus. Looking forward to putting the straight one up for you. Good on you, mate. Thanks, Tim. Dean Margetts joining us. Uh, Fantastic. Does a great job with umpiring. Don't forget, uh, we will give that shirt to that. A wonderful person who said, Dean, I would love to wear your green shirt. I would never wash it. You are the best. Oh, also, um, one, this is from Ted, who's at home, not feeling all the best before you go out the door. Ted's just uh, at home, reckons you should be doing the big freeze game up there in in Sydney. Uh, I'd love to do that one. I haven't done a big freeze game, but obviously my I'll be doing the big sun game, Freo and Sons. But um, to, um, to Andrea, my right-hand lady at work, she's not feeling too well today, so I just want to say a big hello. I don't know you know her well, Timmy. Good on you. Well done. I certainly do. 29 after 11, news is on the way, and then Simon Miller's going to join us. Don't go anywhere. This is the Sporting Goss.